welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And for most of you in the chat right now, this guy down here does not need any introduction. What can we say? John Kennedy, he's here to talk Notre Dame, Ohio State. This is going to be, for the next hour, either the greatest rant of all time. (laughs) <laughs> or no one's going to get a word in edgewise because I have a feeling things are about to get heated. John Kennedy, you've had quite the day all over the place on the yeah. internet. Yeah. Do you have any voice left tonight? Uh, you know what? It's rough. Be- First off, it's nice to be back with you guys. Uh, I did take a little heat today when I said I was joining you and I had some people asking, yeah, are you going to join an Ohio State show? What are you doing? And I said, these guys are different. They're actually kind of nice and funny, and I don't mind them. So it's rare, but I'm happy to be back with you guys. Uh, The reality is, man, this game has been circled forever. I mean, last year's was too, but this one the same way. And for Notre Dame, people in a different way, because it's at our place this time, there's a different feel. Um, This is the kind of week you wait for. If you're a college football fan, like you wait all the dog days of summer. We need football. We need football. You you build it all up and and it's finally here. And um, so it's just a beautiful thing. And, you know, there haven't been a ton of really good, great, high-ranking matchups yet. Like, it's good to get into all this. Um, And and the voice is hanging in there. We did the tailgate party this last week at at Notre Dame. And... uh, I wanted to get that in for Central because that's a game. This is a war. And I'm not going to be in the mood to be in that parking lot, wheeling and dealing and running my mouth and being all happy. That ain't the time for it this week. So I had to get that out. Uh, I had to get that out. And when we did it for last week. And then today, it's like I told people, I'll I'll talk with anybody. Like Mark Rogers, I did that. I'm hitting you guys. Uh, we're gonna. I'm going to jump on a Blue and Gold podcast Wednesday. This is what it's all about, you guys. This is what we wait for. Get yourself a Let Marcus Freeman Cook t-shirt, and we'll get it going. Let the man cook. (laughs) At least that one's better than free hardball. What a dumb t-shirt that is. My gosh. I wouldn't even wipe my own butt with that thing. My goodness. Man, hey, uh, hey, no no matter what they're dealing with there, at least it ain't Michigan State's problems. You know what I mean? So it it could be worse in the state of Michigan, that's for sure. Let's do this real fast, everybody. This Saturday, we are going to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Alumni Club of Pittsburgh, the Ohio State Alumni Club of Pittsburgh, the Rudy of Ohio State. We have one, too. His name's Mike Wargo. He's running the ship that night. It's going to be at Mike's Beer Bar right across from PNC Park. This is an absolute blast. We want to invite all of you Buckeyes and even some of you Notre Damers out there in PA, man. Come join us. It is an absolute blast we have an absolute good time uh prizes games pinatas that might end up in your food as we learned last time so hey eric what is it a big leprechaun you just guys just beat it with a it's, stick or what it's are you usually doing it's usually this terrible letter m that we beat up yeah. you know it doesn't matter who we're playing we yeah. want to destroy the m yes right. hey eric can I, can I fire the first shot you know, if we did a Wargo movie, it would be better than Rudy. 
Oh, I, I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah, but there's a reason they have it. There's a reason they have it. And the one that exists is college football lore, my friends. You can't just create a Rudy out of nowhere. You got to have that dome and that grotto and everything else that goes with it. You can't create a Rudy out of nothing. It's got to be more than the guy. You got to have all that other stuff that builds the movie. You guys, come on now. Yeah, I will say this, John. If there was any way you could set up a phone call between the real Rudy and uh, and and Mike Wargo, that would be that would make his life. Yeah. Now he actually he yeah he's actually called the Rudy of Ohio State. You but know, he's never talked to him. If you're in my chat, the way I see you on my morning shows, we have a few Rudigers that are in there. We're very close with the family. There's so many of them. There's like a dozen kids, and then they all have kids. And they're all from my area in the South Chicago suburbs. So we know all those Rudigers. Uh, Rudy's one of the older ones. So he's kind of, you know, out of my age range with his kids. Uh, but yeah, we, we know a lot of the Rudigers. I might be able to, to dial that up. It's, this is 30 years. It was 93 they released that. So we're at the 30 year anniversary. So I got to get him on to talk about that anyways. Yeah, I actually met him when I was in, in junior high. He came and spoke uh, when I was in middle school many years ago. It was right after the movie came out. And uh, well, apparently what a, didn't what a do a good guy. job because look at all the red you're wearing. <laughs> well, he, he came that good of a job. He came to Central Ohio. I mean, it's, yeah. we're not we're not exactly Catholic Central here like Toledo is or yeah. Cincinnati in this part of Ohio. But hey, I do have some neighbors that fly your flag. I I just. Uh, I just walk the other direction in the mornings when I go out on my uh, exercise. Hey, a lot of people in the chat right going on right now. Um, I appreciate all of that, including our buddy from the uh, Purdue podcast. Next time Purdue plays Notre Dame, I need this guy on my podcast, Electric. Dylan, you need to check out the Always Irish podcast. It is, it's fantastic. I took all this heat. I think it was last year. We played Purdue or something, and we wouldn't let the band bring the drum in. We said it was too big, and they wouldn't let the drum come through, and I had a field day with that. And all the Purdue people were mad. I'm like, sorry, man, your drum's too big, bro. You can't bring it in. Sorry. They were all mad about it. Here's one of your uh, boys, Brian Kelly's caddy. He was on our show last night. Yeah. He said, hey, Irish fans, subscribe. Uh, give these guys a, a sub, man. Appreciate that, Brian. Thanks, really do Brian. appreciate that. That's awesome. Appreciate yeah, that. That is a funny dig at Kelly. I always said that guy loved to golf way more than to recruit. So to have Brian Kelly's caddy in the chat means a lot to me. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. Let's let's do this. Let's do I, don't, I don't want to – I sent you a video. I don't know if you got that. It's Kevin Noon <laughs> and his comment. Have you seen it, first off? Yes, but I have okay. a clarifying question. Yes. Some, I kind of hinted at that, and somebody suggested that may actually be a video from last before last year's game. You're telling me? Don't come on now. You're gonna the the fuse is gonna blow. You're I was giving that guy the benefit of the doubt that that was cut up by a Notre Dame person from last year, <laughs> where the dynamics were completely different. I was told that was last year, and I let it go. If you're telling me that was recent. I'm going to have a stroke. Yeah, you're about to stroke out cuz he actually did on his on his show today. He doubled down, dude. Wow. He doubled down. Now, I let me let me clarify. Based on what? Based on what? In every single area Notre Dame's better than they were last year. That doesn't mean they're going to win a game. 
but they're better than they were last year. What is he basing it off of, though? Like, uh, honestly. All right, we got to play it. Let's play it. Let's play it. I've got it locked and loaded. Let's play it, and then, and then I'm actually on your side on this, John. I just—that's a bold yeah. take. I'm just a little. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Thought thought it was before last year, and it made more sense last year. Wow. Let's look at it. All I right, here. Look at it differently now. Here we go. There's just this belief that this roster that of, of players that nobody has ever heard of is going to is going to shock the world. But again, as we've seen year in year out, Notre Dame is vastly overrated by about everybody going into the season. And maybe they don't stub their toe yearly against Marshall, but they're going to, they're going to let you down. They're absolutely going to let you down. And there's just not enough free bets on, on all of these apps for me to load up as much on Ohio state as I want to right now. Ohio state is going to, curb stomp Notre Dame in this game. I'm just, you can clip this, you can submit it to freezing cold takes. I don't give a shit. I really don't. I mean, it is going to be awful if you're a Notre Dame fan. It is going to be awful. Streams of green are going to be lining up to exit the stadium in the third quarter. All right, John, what do you have to say to Jabba the Hutt there? I don't understand where does this egg with glasses get off saying all this stuff. I don't, first off, number one is factually, if you look at the numbers the last 10, 12 years, Notre Dame's actually been underrated more than overrated to begin most years. Most years, they've actually ended up outperforming their original like AP ranking or whatever. So that part of it isn't even really factually accurate but the other thing is i kind of just want to know why like give me the reasons uh because that's just not the way a lot of people are seeing this game shaping up this year that it would be a, a blowout like that like i just didn't see many reasons other than taking a shot at notre dame's roster that you don't know who the guys are or whatever um i i genuinely thought that was from the year before and i just don't I would like to know what that's based on, you know, and it would be different if Notre Dame's first four games, they were barely getting by like undefeated, but looking iffy, barely got by. I mean, this is the most points Notre Dame scores in four games in my lifetime, you know, over 40 every week and all that. You got a real quarterback. Um, So that's a little bold. And I, I just would like to know, some of the other things going into that equation. That's really bold. Uh, I really thought that was from last year. Give First off. Make it make sense. What what constitutes a curb stomp? That That's my first question to Mr. Noon. What constitutes a curb stomp? Because if you look at the history of this series, I won't call it a rivalry. We've only played, what, seven times? Yeah. Um, the largest margin of victory was, uh, what, 19 points in one of the bowl games, I think it was? Yeah. Or maybe it was 95. A- anyways, it was. it's only 19 points. Yeah. You know, th- is that a curb stomp in his mind? Well, like, the, but the I, way he's talking, he it sounds like he's talking just blowout central third quarter. We're all leaving. Like, I, I mean, I just, I would be. I would be really surprised if that result occurred either way, to be totally honest with you. I would genuinely be surprised if it was like that either way. Um, 
But from the Notre Dame side, you guys, here, here's kind of my thesis for how I'm starting the week. We'll see how this shifts as the days go along. But here's how I feel, and I think a lot of the Notre Dame fan base feels. We have been a running meme my entire cognizant existence as far as losing the big game, okay? Bowl games and regular season games. It's a running meme how bad we are in those showcases, and it's usually embarrassing. It's not even close losses. It's bad, mismatches. That is all factual. That has all been the misery of my big game existence. However, the reason Notre Dame fans feel different about this one is for all those events, we never really had a quarterback that we liked or trusted at all. Like all th- last year was a mess. And then all through Kelly, we never had a quarterback entering any of these games that made us feel the way we do with Sam Hartman, who your guest earlier in the week apparently never heard of before. Uh, what, you know, oh, what's his name? Sammy Hartman. Uh, you know, get out of the Big Ten a little bit. Turn on some ACC and you might have heard of the guy. Uh but, no one watches the ACC. Yeah, well, Come uh, on. Uh, you should know the name. They're on the CW now, Eric. Come on. Oh, yeah. oh my bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With their 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 crap media deal. But but the reason Notre Dame fans feel different about this is all of those old game results are factually accurate. But we were always entering those matchups saying, well, we know we have a worse quarterback right off the bat, and we're not going to be able to move the ball at all. And we better get a block punt and two pick sixes for to be able to score enough to compete. We saw that game over and over and over in the Kelly era where the defense hangs in there, but eventually they get worn down. The offense can't do anything, and then we lose and get run down. Notre Dame fans feel different because we have a quarterback we like. We have a guy we trust. He knows where to put the ball. There's no panic. You know, he has experience. That is the newness to this dynamic that has Notre Dame fans excited. In no way am I saying, oh, that guarantees a win. No, but we feel like we may actually have an offense that could compete in one of these games in a way we haven't 20 years. That's the big difference. Regardless of what you guys are going to say about Artman or not, it's the best we've had in like 20 years. So for us, it it, it changes the calculus a little bit. The, the team's built different. All right, John, so, let's let, let's be honest. And then, Chris, after I make my comment, jump in. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I know that you get you I get I see them. You get the the bold Ohio State fans in your chat on your shows. Who are just you know poking the bear? I get it. You know yeah. we 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 it's it's that way everywhere. I understand yeah. that. But here's the truth, like from a from a, a Ohio State fan telling you the God's honest truth. Until last week's game, I was scared to death for this upcoming game. I was. We showed zero ability <laughs> to really play with offensively what you guys had put on film through the first three games because no one saw game four. It was on Peacock. So I don't even know if it really happened. I'm just taking your word for it from your tailgate. Don't get me started on Peacock, (laughs) by the way. That's why I'm glad I was at the game so I didn't have to sit there and watch my TV buffer because you can only watch the game on a stream. What a bunch of crap. get, Get this one. Ohio State and Maryland are supposed to play on Peacock in two weeks. Okay. They're both buffer, undefeated buffer, currently. Buffer. Get used to it. The little circle, baby. Buffer, buffer. <laughs> but until until that happened last week in the horseshoe, I would say Ohio State was consistently steps behind 
Sam Hartman and the offense that we were watching from Notre Dame. Now, defensively, it's a different story. And I think this game, Eric said he wanted us to talk about the game. I think this game's going to come down to one simple thing. Who controls the line of scrimmage? And that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. I've, I've looked at all the different scenarios, our wide receivers versus your cornerbacks, your quarterback versus our defensive back, when, and with your wide receivers, the running games, all of that. It's all going to come down to which lines are going to control the line of scrimmage. It really is that simple in this game. And I'll be honest with you, our defensive line, especially on the ends, have underachieved when they were supposed to be the strength of this football team. Two five-star defensive ends combined zero sacks this year. That's the game. Chris, take it away. No, I was just going to say, I got to ask. Now, you you had mentioned kind of the, the schedule coming in a little bit. And, you know, Eric and I have, have came out. We know that Ohio State has not played a tough schedule per se, uh, that we have felt that they've underachieved, that we had some concerns. Do you have any concerns given the fact that when you – yes, Notre Dame has dominated the teams they've played, but do you realize that they've played four games, four wins, but of those four teams, there's a combined one win over an FBS school. All the other wins came versus FCS competition. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, does that give you any concern going in? Yeah, there's a couple different ways to look at that. That's a a very fair point to bring up. Um, So here's how I've kind of addressed that dynamic on my shows, because that has been a through line, you know, and we were looking at this as a buildup to you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, breaking the, the season into segments. And then you would say, the first goal for Notre Dame is you have four easy, you know, not easy, whatever, NC State's gritty, whatever, but you have four games you need to make sure you win to be able to reach you guys undefeated to make this build up what it should be and what it is. Um, we acknowledge, I mean, I acknowledge that the competition has not been great. Here's the difference, though, okay? Jaded Clay, one of my loyal guys. Good to see you, Jaded. Um, the difference is... Notre Dame's played a lot of games like the first four we had this year, last year, and then all through the Kelly era. And a bunch of them were losses. And a bunch mm-hmm. of other ones were, you're playing Central Southern, nobody, and I'm sweating and my hair's falling out. We win by three at the end of the game, and there's no pride. You're just glad it's over and you didn't lose. Right. So then it makes me say, acknowledging that we're playing lesser opponents, at least this year, we're doing what you should do if you think you're decent against those kind of teams. So that's a marker for us where I'm like, okay, they're not good, and we're doing what you should do against teams that aren't good. And that is new for us, man. We're, we never score 40 right. points this many weeks in a row in my literal whole life. So regardless of who it's against, that is progress for Notre Dame, especially offensively. Notre Dame's been playing good defense for like a decade, pretty much. Right. Offensively, we're not used to that, and people are excited. So what you're so saying com- is So confidence and cohesion fair. there. It's fair. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're getting yeah. confidence and cohesion out in those first four games. So. Yeah, and uh, I think – I don't think anybody, even on the high side, expected Notre Dame to score in the 40s all those weeks. And uh, and so for us, 
I know for you guys, you score points in bunches and that's what you do. For us, that is, this is all new to have an offense that's cap been capable of doing that. And um, so that's where you look at it. Um, that being said, just like you guys, I'm looking for, I have a checklist of things inside the game, right? Where yeah. it's like, you should win against Central, but what do I need you to work on? A, B, C, D. Certain weeks they've accomplished that and other weeks they haven't. And that's where you start going, hmm, is there something weird this team was doing that took us a while to adjust to? Or do I really have to worry about this position group against a better team with more talent? And those are some of the answers we're going to find out this week. Um, right. Perfectly fair for you to bring up those first four. Um, but that's where I'm going to say we're just glad we're doing what you should do against teams at that level. That's new for us. It really is. Fair enough. Yeah, good answer. I would say this. Both of us, although we haven't played exactly the level of talent that we're going to be facing this Saturday in, in one another, uh, both of our schedules were much uh, better than what the team up north has played. Um, oh and God, they dude. struggled against Bowling Green. You guys, they do not play a team with a pulse until Penn State, Penn State. the second week of freaking November. Hey, they hey, Rucker. play anybody. Rutgers. Ruckers. <laughs> None of these teams have any athletes. They play nobody till the second week in November. I can't handle it. Play they, somebody. They play Rutgers this weekend, who happens to be 3-0, and oh, and they're saying it's, like, huge. This is a huge game. I'm like, Bro. Rutgers. <laughs> Good thing that Harbaugh's back. I'm telling you, man, that schedule <laughs> He's free. is so – it's just – it's it's amazing. And so they're going to skate uh, unless they sleep. You could have one of those where you sleepwalk at the big house because you're just so used to throwing a ball out and winning. Maybe they do that, but man, they don't get tested till well into November. And I'm mad at that. So we'll join forces on that one. Jeez, play somebody. No kidding. No play kidding. Play anybody. Yeah. So so here we go. Let's let's break this down a little bit more. So for um, our Ohio State fans who are, are watching and or will watch this on replay, talk a little bit about how the season has gone for you guys up to this point, uh, bringing in the transfer quarterback from the ACC, um, going out there in that first game in week zero in Ireland, which was pretty freaking cool, I might say. I watched the whole thing. Um, throughout the first four games here, where are you guys at and where is the confidence level at through those first four games, John? Yeah, I. this year is, no matter what's going to end up happening throughout the year, it Notre Dame fans are really enjoying this new quarterback, okay? Um, Brian Kelly did a bad, for a quarterback guru, him and Tommy Reese did a bad job recruiting, developing, and evaluating these quarterbacks. It has been an issue. Notre Dame has not had appropriate quarterback play in a very, very long time. Um, even entering the game last year against you guys, the best we had was Buckner. We had no idea if he was good or not. And we just wanted to see what was going to happen. Like there's no, <laughs> we, we have not had this level of quarterback since probably Brady Quinn mm -hmm. all the way back to them where you trust a guy that he, he's not going to panic and can make the throws you need. So that alone has excited the fan base in a totally unique way because it's just something we have genuinely not had for 
a long time. So seeing a guy like that control the offense, not never panic. He's seen it all. He knows where the ball needs to go, knows how to throw guys open, knows how to read everything. That has been the biggest spark of a rejuvenated, hopeful Irish fan base because this team's built different going into your game and USC and Clemson later um, because of that. Uh, now, that being said, Notre Dame doesn't have a perfect roster. You guys have more star talent if you're going to line them up, and nobody's disagreeing with that. Um, it's just having that quarterback and an offense that looks more like a real-world offense that could compete, that is a new spark of energy for Notre Dame fans. We have not had, man. We are used to all these big games saying, how do you block a punt and get a pick six and a scoop and score to make up for the offense we know isn't going to do anything against a good team? And that is how we've had to enter a lot of these games. And if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win because nobody can throw it. So that is the main kind of through line here that has people excited. Then you have the corollary of Marcus Freeman seems way more comfortable year two. Year one is a lot taken over at Notre Dame. It didn't go well. Injury to your quarterback week two is the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody, let alone a guy year one on the job. All these issues, offseason had its own issues in, in that area. Like, he seems way more comfortable. And this staff seems way more put together and on the same page and more organized. Um, so those things are giving Notre Dame fans confidence. Also, you're already starting to see Notre Dame get deeper uh, and have more depth that they can trust guys to play without a big drop-off and get younger guys in the mix. We're seeing more of that now than we ever did under Brian Kelly, and it's just a different way to build a team and recruit and develop. Um, that's not a finished product, uh, but we are excited to see more year one and two guys out there competing and making hang, and they're not overwhelmed. Um, and that's an ongoing process. Um, but overall, yeah, they're nitpicked, there are complaints, but when you're putting up 40 and none of the games have been close, how much are you really going to be mad about stuff? You know, um, well, the Ohio State fan Ohio base State would find things to be mad about. I know. So we will find I. something to be mad about. Make sure that. You know. <laughs> like, like, I wasn't very happy with the central performance. It was way too close and it passed halftime and it was annoying. But I made sure in my articles and in my show that I mentioned we need to understand all of my complaints are under the framework that we won 41 to 17. So everything isn't that bad. Okay. Um, so it, it, Notre Dame's not a perfect roster, but you can see things changing and more of Marcus Freeman's vision of this long-term and whatever happens in this game, that is still trending in a direction that I liked way away from Kelly's direction, totally different way to do things. So overall, that's good. Uh, but that quarterback is reliving Notre Dame fans' hope, man. It, it's rejuvenated some of that old Irish quarterback hope. So you do have a former Buckeye on your roster, Javante Jean-Baptiste. I call him the one-series wonder. He'll show up for one play, one series, and it's like he doesn't even exist the rest of the game. He had a good is he... game on Peacock. He had a good I was gonna game say, on Peacock against But Saturday. no one saw it! Yeah, I know. <laughs> he uh, he had a good game against Peacock, and here's what I'm hoping for, man. You got to hope there's some revenge factor here. Like, I wasn't good enough to play for you guys. I'm going to be on fire coming off the edge. Like, we need it. That's one thing I'm going to tell you guys. If you want to – I know at some point you're going to ask, 
where do you think Notre Dame's vulnerable or that kind of thing? I know we're going to get there. Um, I'm not sold on Notre Dame's pass rush against an elite team with elite talent. Like I haven't seen enough to trust that pass rush. Uh, and we don't have like a dude. Like last year, Isaiah Foskey was a dude and you knew it. Teams had to account for him. We don't really have that dude, um, but it's more like solid guys. And so I'm kind of hoping, you know, you get a, a little revenge factor there from him, uh, you know, but we'll accept the Baptiste, even though we're Catholic. Okay. We'll accept the Baptiste over here <laughs> as long as he's wearing that green Jersey. So uh, we, we hope, hope he can have that revenge factor off the edge, but pass rush, is something the game within the game the first four i'm looking at going out is this going to stack up against a better talented team um so there there's a little bit of that how are we going to hold up against the run if you guys get running the ball then it's over because then you have that and those weapons on the back we're dead is notre dame going to be able to hold up against the run that's a big question i have um I'm not 100% sold on Notre Dame's offensive line either. Like, do what you're going to do against these teams. I want to see the test against you guys. And so, you know, there are questions here. Wide receiver room, nowhere near where it needs to be. No, like, not even on planet Earth near where it needs to be. But it's still miles better than last year. That's a work in progress. Your um, quarterback is elevating that room, yes. though, dude. Yes. I mean, come on. Yes. Let's be honest. Yes. Uh, but I got to answer this question. Damn, who? <laughs> yeah. I know. You should have known by Heart now. man. That's what I've been seeing. I like followed, followed by a bunch of, uh, yeah. of clovers. Heart man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I got to answer this question from Brian Kelly's caddy. It, would he would Ryan Day be on the hot seat if he lost to Notre Dame but beat the team up north? Uh, no, we'd have a freaking ticket tag parade for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to understand the level of hate we have well, for no, anything maize and blue for Freeman right now. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Oh, stop it. I said, stop it. You'll never be forgiven, Eric. I'm telling you guys. Chris and I go to war about Freeman, man. I'm telling you guys, uh, Marcus Freeman is just the nicest guy. Everybody in Notre Dame loves him. He's a class act. He carries himself exactly the way I want a Notre Dame coach to carry himself, how he deals with people how he interacts. It is the perfect vibe of a coach for Notre Dame right now. He is the anti-Kelly in every way as far as like how to treat people and the ego. And Marcus Freeman understands that that lady on the dome comes before his ego does. And no one's ever won in Notre Dame that doesn't get that. If you make it about you, you're not making it at Notre Dame. And Kelly did that. It was all about him first. And it, it never works for those guys. Marcus is genuine as the day is long. I haven't heard a bad word about him. Everybody loves the guy, man. Um, he's he's working his ass off and he's doing things the right way. And um, I mean, I, I fully support him. He is the anti-Kelly in all the ways I didn't like about Kelly. It's beautiful. Um, Brian Kelly's caddy. Uh, tune in 
when we have videos later this week, when we do our other Notre Dame preview shows, I will let Chris go off on this. He 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 channels his inner John Kennedy when it comes to Freeman. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that guy is lovely. He's just a great guy. We're happy. Everybody loves him. He's he's working his butt off, and he he's a heart. Right he's way. a heart man. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I almost says after he opened his mouth, he became the most punchable face in all of sports. He, you guys are the only ones I've ever heard say a bad word about the guy. And all he did was pump up Notre Dame a little bit to the media. And you guys can't let it go. <laughs> I oh, it. Go ahead. Hey. Do, do what you no. need to do to get that fire in you. Go ahead. <laughs> use what you need to use. Get that don't, fire in you. Don't listen to this guy. There might be a day that we come knocking on his door. So don't uh, listen to this guy. Yeah. Hey, let me throw this out at you before we talk about strengths and weaknesses. The scenario I threw out on your show this morning, and then I saw Mark Rogers drop it on you today too. There is a very real possibility that these two teams that play today, based off of what I've seen with my eyeballs and where the trajectory I believe of these teams is going, you have to you have to play this thing out. You can't just take how a team looks in week one and week two and say that's who's going to be in the in the CFP. You, you can't do that. You have to look at the trajectory of these teams. There's a very real possibility that Notre Dame and Ohio State, no matter what happens this Saturday, they both have roads to still get there, even if they whichever one takes the L. You guys have USC remaining, yeah. Clemson, Duke, who all of a sudden looks yeah. legit. Okay. You know what, guys? You guys, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I've had Duke circled even before this season and seeing that they're playing good. That's going to be a trap for Notre Dame, no matter whatever happens against you guys, because whether we win or lose, emotions are going to be on empty. And then you're going to a night game at Duke. That is the trappiest trap of all time. I'm trying not to worry about it till I have to, but that is circle. They announced today that's a night game. Win or lose against you guys, emotions are going to be running on empty. That's going to be a big one. You're right. And, and that's not a big stadium. And I don't see those fans selling tickets yeah. like a lot of you have for this weekend. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, come on. Have they really? How many? Come on. I want to see that too. I, I want to bucks see. a pop all day long. I, I'm not buying them. I'm How not much? buying them. How seven, much? eight, seven. Oh, what's the percentage you think? No, I said it. Seven or eight hundred bucks a piece. Seven, I'd sell eight, them all day long. Seven, eight hundred. Now, here's what I figured. Yeah, you I, would. <laughs> what I figured was, my theory was, if Notre Dame was undefeated leading into you guys, Notre Dame people will hold on to them. But if they would have slipped up against like NC State or something, then those Notre Dame fans would have flooded the market. Like, if you can't beat NC State, we're not going to beat you guys. Then I would have expected to see a bigger slice of red. Uh, but I undefeated and playing the way we are, I would be shocked if it was overrun with red the way it is that was with like Georgia or even Cincinnati in 21. Um, I would like to think the fact that Notre Dame's undefeated and putting up all these points would keep Notre Dame people from selling them, but maybe they want the money. I don't know. I know this much. They're still available if you if you want to pay for them. They're well, they're out there if you want to pay for them, and you I would want to cut off an arm and pay for them. Yeah. After I, there's a lot of people in this fan base walking around with missing fingers, and now well. I'll tell you, <laughs> there's a reason why. Uh, here's the thing: like 
after last week's game, the the like I, just the buzz in Columbus after Saturday completely changed. Now wait a second. Now wait. It no, really, wait, it really out. did. Wait, I'm serious. Who did you play? Western. Western Kentucky, which is oh, the best well, team now, in the state of Kentucky. I got you in the Super Bowl now. At, you beat West at least we play a team with a real quarterback. It's I don't it's Western Kentucky. How well, much it's a you team with a real quarterback? How you much know, are you gonna hey, yourself you, after beating up on Western Kentucky? Do you know do you know who Western Kentucky's biggest rival is, John Kennedy? Eastern Kentucky. How would I know? Never heard of them. Marshall! You've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of them and I'd like to forget them too. <laughs> so here's the day. no. The, here's the thing that happened in that game though, John. I understand what? it. It was the offense. The offense showed up. No. The, Chris was yeah. over here telling me Notre Dame's beating up on four nobodies, and aren't you concerned about that? And, and, again, and you're flipping it. I you're doing it. the same thing, and you're saying you're using it to ramp up. You don't get to use it against me and for you. Sure we do. <laughs> no, you just told me I wasn't allowed to get pumped up after those four no, wins against I just nobody. Asked if you had you guys running up on Western. And I Eric asked if you had any concerns, great. John. And I admitted that we had concerns going in. Did I not? Did I not admit we had concerns? Okay. What did you do against Western that's that's got you this motivated? You're you're playing air defense and scored a bunch, and now that's is that it or what? What okay, is I'll, number one, we actually completed third downs. We were having issues on third down. That was a very real concern to this football team. We stayed ahead of schedule. McCord looked comfortable in the pocket, which the offensive line at the beginning of the season, we had three new starters, left tackle, right tackle, center. Yeah. Their their inability in that first game against Indiana to really do anything affected the offense and the flow of the offense. Now, I understand that Western Kentucky is nowhere near the caliber of athlete that Notre Dame is bringing into that game Saturday night. I understand that. I admit that. But the fact that we actually blocked people and had a clean pocket and were moving people off the line of scrimmage for the first time this year gave this fan base hope that when we come into this game Saturday, we've actually got a legitimate shot. I'm being dead honest with you. Like I said at the beginning of the show, before Saturday, I didn't think we had a prayer. But yeah, now, think- I'm like, this is a coin flip game for me. It is. There's going to be there's going to be something about this game that that's going to change the momentum. It's going to hinge on it, whether it's a turnover, a yep. stupid personal foul penalty, yep. something. something. Yes. Who's going to make that pivot play? Uh, yeah, I see for, that. For too. me, it was the defense, man. I mean, honestly, yeah. the fact that our defense they were flying around out there yeah. and and played up to par against a a, a really a good quarterback. Uh, yeah. You know, he he is an an NFL talent quarterback. He may not be a starter, but he's an NFL talent quarterback. And the fact that they went out there and stood up against him, I think shows something. Jason, all the same things Notre Dame fans saw the first. Exactly. These two teams, I think are very, very comparable. And and they really are. The statistics bear that out. You know, they really do. Do you realize that neither team has any player with more than one sack? Neither team has any player with more than one interception. Neither team has any player with more than one forced fumble. The quarterbacks, if you break it down, the numbers are very similar percentage-wise. I mean, McCord's a hair under 70%. I believe uh, Hartman's, what, about 71 almost? Uh, you know, completion percentage. 
Now, he does have 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. That's awesome. But at the same time, I think McCord was in the middle of a, a bit of a quarterback race where he was splitting some time, so maybe he didn't get those reps. Yeah. I, you, you play this out. I think these are two very comparable teams. Yeah. Hey, and Jaded, and Jaded, you forgot the Clovers after the heart, man. Yeah. You got to add the Clovers. Come on. That little emoji does look like him, too, with that good beard and the good hair. I'm telling you what, man. Uh, that we got a good looking head coach and quarterback. That's for sure. Those two are good look, good looking battery there for your football team. Um, like that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, uh, I mean, there are fans on each side that get out on their skis or whatever. I'm looking at it as, you know, I'm not going to guarantee a Notre Dame win. I may pick us in the USA Today article to get a last minute field goal or something. Um, but it, it, I was going to ask you guys, like, if Notre Dame were to pull this off at home and beat you guys, what would that look like from your end? Like, what what would that gameplay look like where Notre Dame does this and wins it? What would have to go sideways for you guys? Is it like, you know, McCord can't get in rhythm? Or is it like, what would that look like if Notre Dame pulled this off? I genuinely want to know from your end. Defensive. Left tackle. Left defensive. Tackle hold up. Yeah. Defensive line beats us at the line of scrimmage. That's it's wait, it really ask, is that. How do you guys end up with a transfer tackle? Like, why are you in that situation? Oh with my that? God! How did you get us started? Why the hell are you going and getting these guys? Can't you home grow them? You're Ohio State. No, no, we can't. We can't. Come on. Not since uh, you know, honestly, since Coach, Coach Stud started having his health problems, everything went downhill. We have not developed an if we if we do not recruit a five star D, uh, offensive lineman, we do not develop one. It's been it's been that way since what 2014. That's was the last time we do yeah. we it's developed really a three star that that's weird. That's it, it, weird it's the only position when you guys are as good as you are. All it's the time. only position yeah. that well really since the middle of Urban Meyer's tenure, it, going into Ryan Day, where we have not developed a guy. Dewan Jones can be really. He's the one you can argue about because he was a three-star basketball player from Indiana that we turned into a right tackle that had good feet. But some would say he went in the fourth round. So is that really, he you know. He should have been a first-round pick, though, Eric. He really – or second at worst. Well, when you can't stay away from the hamburgers. I mean, he gained, what, was it 30 pounds after the end of the season? That's why he fell so bad. No, it's it, it, I'm telling you, it sounds so simple, and I don't mean for it to – you know, I'm not – recreating the wheel here john but if if our offensive line gets beat by your defensive line it's going to be a long day for us because without scoring enough points we know hartman's going to score points we know you guys are going to score points we know our defense is really good but we still understand you guys are going to score points we have to be able to score enough to give ourselves a chance in the fourth quarter for that defense to create a turnover you know, yeah. a big third down stop, something on those lines, which yeah. I'm confident we can do. But if the offense isn't going to put the biscuit in the basket, it don't matter what's happening in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame does. Uh, this is the best secondary we've had in like 15, 20 years. And I genuinely <coughs> mean that. Um, that is always usually a problem for us. You know, we had Julian Love back there and then Kyle Hamilton back there. Those are some big NFL names now. Mm -hmm. But they were only one guy out there. I needed two or three of each of them, right? And this is the best secondary we've had in a while. We feel good about that. Um, the issue is, what's that deep front going to do? If they are not making McCord feel that pressure and the timing, 
it's going to be a long day. It doesn't matter how good you are on the back end. If you're not getting to the guy, he's going to have time. Your great athletes are going to find a way to get open. Um, we're we're in the same boat, man. That's yeah. what's freaking I mean, crazy was, about this. Yeah. Can I tell you what's even crazier, guys? I, and I'm going to tell you right now. You know, we've talked about the offenses, the offenses, the offenses. I'm telling you right now, hammer the under on this game. Dude, that's another thing I was going to ask you guys is, do you have any – guesses on like the score ranges here like i i don't know where i'm gonna fall on this i don't know whether both teams are gonna start scoring or whether they're gonna lock it down and it'll be a little i don't know what to think i believe that the team part. that wins is in the 30s yeah yeah i'd I be i'd 40s. be shocked if this became a shootout i really would yeah, yeah. i would be shocked let me ask you this question john you get on saturday night to do your live show and somehow Ohio, Notre Dame has lost six in a row to Ohio State now, and you're you're upset. What position group are you going to be the most upset with? Imagine that. I fire it up, and I'm upset. Imagine that. That's never happened before. If if things go wrong for Notre Dame, I suspect this is going to be the most boring answer in football history. Offensive line can't generate any run game, and then we're limited, and that's a problem. Uh, or the protection breaks down. So I would suspect an offensive line issue. Uh, and then I think I think uh, not being able to stop your run. And I, if they don't do a good job against that, Notre Dame's screwed. Like, you, everybody's worrying about your receivers and all that and all those names. If Notre Dame doesn't do a better job against the run, we're dead against you guys. Uh, I, I heard this on a Notre Dame show earlier today, last year. Uh, there were 17 first down runs you guys had against us. 16 of them were considered like successful runs of a few yards or more. We're dead then. Like Notre Dame cannot beat you guys doing that, giving up four, five, six yards on first down runs. We're done. That takes all the pressure off McCord if you're doing that on first down. So for Notre Dame, again, it's defensive line, offensive line. It is the boringest thing to ever talk about, but it is true. And like you guys, we have seen flashes in this first few game window where you're like, ooh, I like that. We got something cooking. And we've seen other stretches where I'm going, well, if you're doing this bad against this team, what's going to happen against Ohio State? Like, we've had a lot of both of that. So I got questions about some of Notre Dame's offensive line and the defensive line. And all summer and every pre and post game show of the first four, I've said, Ask me how good they are after your game, and then I'll have a yeah. better measuring stick. Because I just don't know how real the first four were. I mean, Chris, NC State maybe, because they're a physical kind of gritty team. Um, but that's where it's going to be. Um, and so Notre Dame's got to try and do a good job winning up front. Uh, Chris brought this up. It's funny you mentioned that. Chris brought this up on our uh, Sunday Night Live show. This past game was the first time that we know of that, that under a Ryan day led offense where he called more running plays than passing plays. Interesting. I mean, so do you think now, let me ask this. You got this McCord guy. He doesn't have a ton of experience. You know, you have weapons on the outside. Do you have a suspicion? Ryan day is going to try and ease him into the game with the heavy run game and see if they can do what I just was worried about. And and loosen things up, or do you think they're going to let that guy fly it? Not Ryan a Day is not a run first guy. I wish he was, and he he made plenty of runs out there on on Saturday. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, 
he, he's just not a run first guy. I would love to see him go out there and use the run to open the pass. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see him get out there and, you know, let, you know, we got, we got a great running back room. We really do. We've got, we've got a five deep running back room. Our, our yeah. fourth, fifth guy on the chart had 500 yards rushing last year. Aren't those guys big too? Aren't all those guys like 200 plus beefy, like yeah. all of them? You got some dudes. And even if you do a good job against them, they're going to fall forward a few yards. If your offensive line isn't generating any push or, they got to get so, back close to the line of scrimmage to fall forward to positive. Here's here's a name. Here's a name that you guys are probably not talking about in in the Notre Dame media because he's not the uh, headline name that Travion Henderson is. But so far this year, yep. um, Chip Traynum yep. has really kind of come along. He's on the radar. To, he's on the radar. Okay, he, he yes. he's a beast, yeah. man. He they have they play him at fullback. They'll send him out wide. He's a lead blocker. They'll put him at at uh, H. Like he's everywhere in this offense, and they're using him as a real weapon. And when it, it comes to and he yeah, and when it comes to short yardage, you know, be you know be cognizant of him because he absolutely will move the line forward with his yeah. strength. Travion's not so much. Travion's about speed and space. One cut and go. When he starts dancing in the backfield. That's when we start yelling at the television screen. What are you the doing? The other thing is, he wasn't fully healthy all last year either. He wasn't. So he was hobbling, and he well, you weren't getting him at full effect either. And now it seems that he's healthy again. Yeah, yeah, and I tell you, I'm I've been very impressed with your running back. Uh, he, you know, he is he again, Kev, Kevin Noon. He's not Jerome Bettis, like. Man, listen, I listen, I get it. Like no kidding. I not liking Notre Dame and all that. I just genuinely couldn't believe how dismissive he was. Uh, and no acknowledgement of I'm just saying to the Notre Dame people, it's a big deal that quarterback thing, man. We feel like we are coming into the game with an extra tool to use that we never ever have. Literally, we <laughs> always say you're just gonna have to pitch a shutout on defense to try and win this game. Like we're, we feel like we're going in there with a little extra juice just with the idea that we think we might have a quarterback who can make some plays. Like, I, I'm just a little surprised how dismissive he was to think it'd be a blowout. I could see if Notre Dame struggled in all their first four games, but they didn't. So I don't know what that guy was on, but he does not think highly of my boys. <laughs> Forget him. He's serviceable. He's all right. You know. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, man. We're coming down to the end of this show here. Um, I know that you have got a lot more going on this week. Uh, we're going to be coming on your show at some point this week and, and, and doing this again from maybe a little bit more of Ohio State perspective for your fans and your fan base. Um, I know you've got other shows, other Notre Dame shows you're going to be on and all of your shows that you do, which are fantastic. Yeah. Um, for all of the Ohio State fans and Purdue fans who were here tonight, who enjoyed uh, John Kennedy. Where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you and, and get more of your content? Certainly. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Always Irish on YouTube. Um, USA Today Fighting Irish Wire. I am a writer, a staff writer for them, cover Notre Dame. So if you want to read it, not see my face and hear my voice, you can go over there and read about it instead. Uh, and then all the social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Always Irish Inc., um, and, and that's it. YouTube's probably the easiest and, uh, everything I do is there. All the call-in shows, short videos of me yelling, well, you know, whatever, there's something for everybody there. It's not boring. Let's just put it that way. 
<laughs> there was a question earlier. Uh, how would Feinbaum react to this show? Well, first off, uh, he'd be <laughs> first off if they were both in the SEC. This would be the game of the century. But since they're not, uh, he's not even going to mention yeah. it or give us hey, any acknowledgement no, of that. Uh, so get rid know- of that. Go ahead, Chris. I, I was say you, you want to know what my response would be to to Feinbaum. I'm going to take the Coach Prime approach here. Who cares? Do you think I care what Feinbaum thinks? Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Who yeah, is he anyhow? Yeah, and he's just bought and paid for by that SEC, exactly. and everything he does is shaded with that. Now, you want to know what's a compliment to both of us, you guys? Both sides of this is uh, when the powers that be saw that the, this was going to come to fruition, that we were both going to be undefeated. Did you notice that TV schedule scatter around our window? Nobody mm. wanted to touch mm-hmm. it. They flexed Clemson, Florida State down into the noon window. Everybody kind of went into other windows. They didn't even want to touch it. And they're all mad that it's NBC because it's, you know, our little deal that we got. Uh, but they scattered. Nobody wants to mess with it. And the other thing is, I'm trying to get my stuff on game day, baby. I got I gave out my flags. I got a crew going out there in the morning. I'm getting that free promotion off them, damn it. Uh, just don't give Herbie any any credit. We don't yeah. we don't count him anymore in our fan base. My gosh. When he you guys start right up there with Marcus Freeman. Hey, no, he's Herbie's worse than Freeman. Time. Herbie's big time now, you guys. He's too cool for school. You know what got me with Herbie? They had a video last year. It was November on the game day set in a commercial break. They had a girl warming his feet up. His little feet were cold. His shoes were off during the TV timeout. And this intern girl was rubbing his feet to keep his footsies warm till they came back from the the TV timeout. That was it for me. I lost it. You're too big time when you got a foot massager to warm your hooks up during a commercial (laughs) break. I couldn't believe it. This poor girl sitting there rubbing his feet, keeping him warm. What a joke. Are you serious? That really yes. happened? I'll never I can forget see it. that. I'll never forget it. That girl was literally rubbing his feet to keep him warm during the TV break. Come on, Hollywood. Hollywood Irby. Gosh, what a tool. <laughs> yeah, shoot. He hates us, man. He, he gets on there and complains about us. All right, John, are you a betting man? Oh boy, what do we want to do? You mentioned it. What do we want to do for this? You what see you this? Got? See this hat right here? Yeah. Yeah, Woody says the Ohio podcast. Woody, uh-huh. how about this? I don't know if you have an always Irish uh, mug hat or something. Oh, if I not, do. okay. If we win, I'll send this to you. You have to wear it on one of your live shows. I'll okay. do it vice versa. I'll right. wear an always Irish on Sunday night. Well, as soon as I get it, I will wear it for the entire show. I will give you guys credit. Do you want to make that bet? Yeah, let's do it. We, All right. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll do that. And, uh, yep, we'll have to – we'll we'll mail the stuff out one way or the other. We'll do that. I, I will do that only because you guys are nice guys that have been <laughs> fair to me. We'll make that deal. All right. We'll do it. We'll do hey, it. You know, I, I, I made the following comment in closing, John. I want to give you the last comment, but I made the following comment to my wife uh, when I was hanging out downstairs uh, before I came up here. I said, you know, who would have ever thought we lived in a world 
where a dude from the south side of Chicago and a fat guy from Columbus could get on here and yell about football. Don't we live in a great world, man? I absolutely love this. I am yeah. going to enjoy the in, the entire week, the yeah. game, win, lose, or draw. This is why – this is my favorite thing, man, right here, college football. Yeah. You know what? I just want to add one little thing in there. You know what? It is, uh, what, approximately uh, 8.58 p.m. on a – Lovely, lovely Monday night, and I think we can all agree, Michigan. Michigan still sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Now, here's going to be my finishing thought for this, okay? And I think this is something that the three of us will come together on and all agree with, and we kind of just touched on it. Here it is. I like the fact that for this weekend, all of the biggest eyes and the brightest lights in college football are focused on two. Old school, Midwestern, Northern, brand name college football programs with a ton of history, huge fan bases, a lot of loyalty. I like the fact that at least for this weekend, all of the biggest bright lights are on us playing good top fit football in the North where we don't get a lot of credit for doing that enough. I like that. Everybody's looking at us and it's two good old Midwestern teams going at it. And I like that. That's a beautiful thing, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in tonight. If you're watching this on replay, please hit the like button, share, subscribe, do all those great things. It really does help the channel out. We're trying to become an Always Irish podcast for the Buckeye side of things down the road. John's got a few years on us and a few uh, thousand more followers than us. <laughs> but uh, I've we're, been we're at it a while. I've been at it a while. Yeah, we're coming along. We were audio only for the longest time. We decided to put our ugly faces on youtube uh, like uh, like they say we have uh, faces for radio Sorry, right chris yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, here we are so we appreciate all of you uh, crazy irish fans for coming in the chat and following john over here we do appreciate that and we look forward to this weekend hey man the two biggest fan bases in the country are Ohio state and notre dame I just man. saw a big article about that. Yeah. These are the two biggest right here, man. So this there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this game. Like you said, NBC's sitting back going, yeah. oh, yeah. Heck, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, they are. This yeah. Yep. This, is, uh, this isn't, you know, uh, Rutgers on a Friday night. That's for sure. You know, this is the real deal. All right, John. We'll see if you know what to do here. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carbon, Ohio with all your heart. Until next time, OH! I owe! No.